Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Hey, and welcome to the Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and this is Short Stuff. So let's talk. The mystery that annoys Chuck. Yeah, it annoys me too. <laughs> All right, good. I just found myself getting mad when I read this. No, but it's it's interesting, though, at the very least. you got to give it that. Sure. It's creative. <laughs> because, Chuck, what we're talking about today has it all. It's got poltergeist activity. It has time travel. It's got early um, computers from the mid-'80s. It's got the uk it's got, it's got it all. fraud yeah <laughs> it has a lot of stuff in it and um what we're talking about are, is known as the doddleston messages and it's a i guess a fairly well-known occult event that took place in doddleston um which is i think in cheshire yeah um mm-hmm. in england in the mid 80s i believe it was 1985 86 over a span of 18 months and it was so strange that the people involved wrote a book about it, and we're still talking about it today. That's right. Uh, there's a gentleman named Ken Webster uh, and his wife, Debbie, who bought an old cottage, uh, Meadow Cottage, because mm-hmm. they name their cottages over there. Mm-hmm. Don't you? And uh, Sure. And this thing was old. It was 18th century brick cottage, and they were fixing it up. And um, And this is just sort of a precursor to the messages, but... Apparently, there was some other weird goings on before the messages. Yeah. Uh, and that when they were fixing it up one night, uh, they or one day, they noticed some six toed footprints in the dust that walked up the wall between the bathroom and the kitchen. Uh, Ken, they reckoned it was a prank. And uh, they had a, a guest staying with them, Nick, and they all kind of decided it was a prank. By whom? I don't know. But they decided to paint over all that stuff. And the next day, they found footprints in the paint as well. Yeah. And then cat food packages or little cans were stacked up in pyramids. Real poltergeist stuff. Yeah. Poltergeist the movie by Tobey Hooper. Right. <laughs> right. So um, this, this, that, that was, yeah, like you said, it was kind of a precursor to the whole thing. Um, and it really took off and got strange when, um, uh, what was the guy's first name? Webster? Ken. When Ken Webster, who was a teacher at a school, brought home a BBC microcomputer, and it had a word processor um, program on it called Edward, W-O-R-D, pretty cute. And mm-hmm. um, he would write on it, he would use it, and every once in a while, a weird message would pop up. And it got even weirder when it turned out that the author of these messages, who Ken Webster, his girlfriend Debbie, and their, their house guest Nick all said, we don't know who's doing this. Uh, the author of those messages claimed to, to be living in the year 1546, and it actually lived in that same cottage or was living in that same cottage in 1546 when he's writing these messages to them in 1985. Which is immediately weird because it was an 18th century cottage. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, the one thing we do want to point out that wasn't quite clear to me at first is that this computer was not hooked up to some early kind of modem and some early weird version of the internet in the sticks of England. It was 
just a computer sitting there alone, and ostensibly these messages would just appear on that Word program, right? Yes. And All right, very, very big problem. Also really important, anytime you turn that computer off, like, you couldn't save anything. You could save it on, like, a floppy disk, but if you turn the computer on, whatever was on there last wouldn't just be there again. Okay, that's great. Okay. Uh, I think before we take a break, we should read uh, some of the early posts. Um, the messages began by saying, basically, who are you people? Um, you've stolen my house. Uh, the first message ever on the computer said the following. True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flowers reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks, pussycat. Pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. Bravo. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, I mean, it's pretty creepy. Uh, admittedly, if if I were to get a message like that on a computer not plugged into the internet, it would be creepy. Yeah, it takes a real turn with Pussycat, Pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. It seems like accusatory, sure. you know? Yeah. Meow. So this was, I think, that was the first message that uh, Ken Webster got. And he went on to write a book, I think, in 89 called The Vertical Plane that chronicles all this and more. Um, and like you said, we're going to take a, a short break and we'll come back and, and talk about this some more because it gets even weirder shortly after. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! <laughs> Hey friends, if you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. Like, what are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood the best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Yeah, well, now it is, everybody, on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <laughs> Stuff. 
you should know. Okay, so Ken Webster's intrigued, and he starts asking questions of this author who signs um, the early post as LW, and then finally later on, L, the L turns out to stand for Lucas with a K. And Lucas is writing in what's called early modern English, um, which is not really easy to recreate in any kind of fast manner, which is one of the the um, defenses that Ken Webster um, brought whenever he's accused of this being a hoax. He's like, first of all, I don't know how to do that. And secondly, I certainly don't know how to do it in any kind of quick manner. And some of these supposedly came back, like answers came back rather quickly when he would ask them a question. Yeah, he said, I doth have no talent forthwith. <laughs> uh, here's the second, uh, Just it's fun reading these. Here's the second message. I write on behalf of many what strange words you speak. You are a worthy good man who has a fanciful woman, and you live in my house who dwell in my home with lights which the devil makes. It was a great crime to have stolen, bribed my house. Yeah, so this is the point where Lucas is like, what are you guys doing in my house? Um, and apparently, in fairly short order, they developed kind of a fondness for one another. So, like, the, the accusations and the problems with them living in that cottage um, get dropped pretty quickly, and they start going back and forth. And um, I just saw it described as a, a mutual, a deep mutual affection for one another that developed. Yeah, from the other side. Yeah. Just a, a, a pen pal from another dimension. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's some... There's some holes in this story. There's some problems with the logic to all this, if you haven't picked you up think? on that by now. A, haunt, a haunted computer? One of the ones that pops up, and I didn't catch that 18th century cottage thing, and apparently no one else in the world did either except for you, Chuck, so congratulations on that. But um, one of the things that, that um, Lucas does to kind of set a trap for Ken to see if they're actually, if he actually is from the future, like he purported, mm -hmm. was that Lucas told them that he was educated at Jesus College in Oxford, Jesus or Jesus, one of the two, um, and that the problem with that is that that Jesus College wasn't founded until 1571. And remember, he's writing from 1546, so mm -hmm. he is saying, like, if you're from the future, you would know that Jesus College wasn't founded yet from the time that I'm writing from, but. The problem with that is how would Lucas know that this Jesus College was coming years and years after the time that he is ostensibly writing from? Right. That's a problem. Uh, there's a, a real another name that came out later. Apparently, Lucas wasn't the real name, but it was Thomas either Hardin or Hawarden. Mm -hmm. And they say that someone that had that name existed in the 1550s. Wow. Nearby. No, not nearby. 150 miles away, which might as well be in another dimension at uh, that time. Okay. You know? <laughs> well, that's nearby to me, but sure. sure. Yeah, I guess at the time it was. Yeah, in the 1550s with a donkey pulling you around? <laughs> okay, good point. Another cool thing that I think we should mention is that uh, there were times where it, it appeared that Thomas, a.k.a. Lucas, could see what they were doing. Uh, because the guy, Ken, had a picture of his car, a Jaguar, near the computer. And, like, the the Thomas person referenced that picture in the message and said, I found a picture of your cart, but it is a crude thing, for without the horse it won't go far. 
So apparently this thing can see them, which is a pretty key thing. But also, I literally wrote ha-ha next to that because it's so dumb. <laughs> if is. you're in 1546 and you see a picture of a Jaguar automobile, do you think you'd be like, that's a cart without a horse? I know exactly what that is. Well, I mean, it had wheels and it's square. Yeah, it's just— I mean, I, I could see that. That was the one that was like, well, there's, there's the basically the admission of guilt by Ken Webster right there. Uh, this thing gets a little weirder, though, even, right? It does. Take it, Chuck. Well, a third player, uh, a second ghost, and a third player comes into this when uh, someone named 2109 pops onto the scene. Yeah, and 2109 popped onto the scene inadvertently because Lucas referenced 2109 in a, a post because when Ken Webster said he's from the year 1985, Lucas says, I thought you were also from 2109, like your friend who brought the box of lights, pray. And he didn't say box of lights. He said Leem's Boist, which is early modern English for box of lights, which everyone has okay. taken to they taken all that to mean that the the traveler, the time traveler from twenty one oh nine, brought Thomas or Lucas a computer. Oh, okay. How would you operate a computer though in fifteen forty six? Is a big question <laughs> that I have as well. Yeah, the other question I have is. Uh, did these messages appear before his eyes, or I did see where he would take like a car drive mm -hmm. and come back, yeah, and, his Jaguar. and that they would they would be there? Is that how it generally worked? That's what I saw. Yeah, like he never thought to just round the clock, sit there and watch the computer. I guess not. Or maybe he tried and it didn't work, so that's when he would go for a drive. Who knows? Or maybe he made all this up. <laughs> so what well, was possible? So Ken Webster says, "Well, there's a there's a third party involved, and they're from 2109. I'm going to start trying to message them." And in very short order, 2109, who only referred to themselves as they or them, um, they responded and they said, hey, man, we're not really happy that you stumbled upon our presence. Like, we're, we've been basically running an experiment here that you mm -hmm. and Lucas and Debbie are all involved in, and it's going to change the world. So just pretend like we don't exist. We're going to go back into the woodwork now and just keep watching and manipulating. Uh, right. Eventually, they bring in a paranormal investigation team, the Society for Psychical, Physical, Psychical. Yeah, the S SPR. We've talked about them plenty of times. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Psychical. Research. Uh, and they brought them to investigate. They came out three times, said we got nothing, no activity at all. Um, Thomas eventually said that uh, he was forced out of the land. So maybe that was a deal. He lived at a place that was there. And it wasn't necessarily the same cottage. Okay. But at any rate, he said uh, he was never heard from again, and but did say he would leave something uh, for them to discover in the future, right? Yeah, he said that he would write, from his perspective, this series of events in a book and would leave it in a place that it could be discovered. So Ken and Debbie and everyone who believes in the Doddleston messages are waiting for that book to be found to prove this once and for all. Again, it's possible that book doesn't exist. It's possible this was a hoax. Um, there's a really good post on it called um, on a um, on a site called The Joy of Mere Words by Tom Ruffles. It's called The Vertical Plane by Ken Webster. I guess it's a book review. And Tom Ruffles, PhD, is very generous by considering that maybe Ken and Debbie were doing this but weren't aware of it, that maybe they were using telekinesis and weren't aware of it, and that's how these messages were being generated before he finally settles on. It's likeliest that this was just all a hoax. Uh, as for what Chuck believes, if you couldn't tell, 100% fraud. 
Uh, Occam's razor tells me it is fraud. There are no haunted computers. The end. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because I, I, I was anticipating us to at least kind of entertain this for a second, but it's impossible. It's impossible. Well, fun story, though. It is a fun story. How about that? So uh, Chuck said it's impossible. I said it's impossible. We've given our final judgments. That means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.